Welcome to the 87th episode of News Dump, brought to you by Summit Funding, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined as always by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz and Chronicle Reporter Isabel Vanderstoop. And it is Tuesday, March 1st. And folks, I didn't do a good job in the notes. What do you got for me? Did it flood? What's the flood situation like? I thought we were going to talk about how it's cool to hate on the Russians again. We'll get there. Okay. All we're right. going to talk about Joe Kent. <laughs> we, have a, we have a hefty section that I plugged in there on flooding, so we'll get there too. Okay. Well, should we just jump straight into... If, if you're worried that you might be flooded right now, um, you're probably not. That would be what I would say about the coverage. So if you want to stop listening now, go ahead. <laughs> you can look outside. It's okay to look outside while listening and see if you are flooding. Flooding, probably not. Do the Russians suck? Definitely. Yeah, my mother uh, is a Russian. Me a couple times that she is not a Russian. I don't even think she's a fan of the Russians. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Red Texted scare situation. And kept asking if my house was flooded. I was like, no, it's it's. I think things are fine. Survived the last one. I'm sure we'll persevere through this one as well. How brave of you. I know. You know, and, and you know, should we mention you? Our <laughs> More local like hero. local hero, Aaron Vantile. You've Aaron already entered himself shorts. as hero of the week. I, yeah, I, <laughs> Anyway, let's I've had several people ask me why they call me floodlegs too, thanks to your labeling and now me that. You just have to talk about your health issues. <laughs> yeah, it's Are very, like, it's very, it's very invasive. Uh, you love telling the floodleg story. You I can't don't. Get enough of it. I don't like it. You I know? heard you tell it three times just at O'Blarney. It's a painful chapter in my personal history, and I don't know why you keep poking it's on it. Honestly, the saddest story in the world. It really is. The saddest story in the world. <laughs> Schwartz walked through a flood and got a got an owie on his legs. Okay, it was much more dramatic than Major that. infections. You guys know people die. Of Saving my children. Killer. And he could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah the gangrene would have got him. Still have phantom pains. <laughs> uh, let's jump into our first news item. Headline. <laughs> Sorry, I, autobiography, this flood touched me. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> okay, I'm done, um, I'm done. <laughs> what about uh, waiting for Godot? There you go. Because the flood waiters. That's know? good. I yeah. feel like that's a little niche. Yeah. Probably, you know. A little insider. I don't yeah. think any of Schwartz's autobiography readers might be that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> None of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. News item. Our first of the day. And wow, what a what a banger. Headline. Was the 2020 election stolen? Lewis County Lincoln Day dipshits sure think so. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, shots fired. Isabel, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. If you're there cheering on Dr. Douglas Frank and Sharona Bishop, maybe you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Like, they're grifters. Like, Are you telling me that I was doing that? He's accusing you. No. Did you stand? No, I did not. I hear that's a dividing line among this party. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll talk about that. Literal party, not the party in question here. Anyway, Isabel did a nice job of asking local political figures if they agree with the keynote grifters from Saturday's annual big Republican (laughs) party, Dr. Douglas Frank and Sharona Bishop, who are still pretending the 2020 election was stolen because it's profitable to do so. And he tours the country making money off of that. I mean, and I'm not saying that he doesn't fully believe it. I think you maybe would have to, to be that convicted. But yeah, he does make money off that. Um, From the My Pillow guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway. So it all she, checks out, Aaron. It's, <laughs> everything is very much above the table. Did you ask anybody involved in the dinner uh, what the appearance fee was for either of these 
folks? I did not because the actual event was organized by the Lewis County Young Republicans. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I won't name names with this particularly, but I do think that there was fear from some of the older um, party members of alienating their young, energetic party members by uh, directing me to their contact info. So mm-hmm. I didn't actually really get in touch with any of the young Republicans. And the youngest one that I did talk to was the vice chair and I'm comfortable saying on the record that I had to contact her many times before she responded to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I just have to imagine the elected leaders in the room as this is the local Republican soiree of the year, the Catalina wine mixer of the Lewis County Republican Absolutely. party for sure. Um, who were duly elected in our perfect election. Um, and he's talking about the election was stolen. Do you think they were kind of like, were any of them like loosening their collars? Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm positive. And, and again, I won't name names with this specifically, but one of the electeds after the event said to me like, well, this is supposed to be our big like cheer on rally cry moment. And where's the hope? Like our party's just talking about how everything's broken. Well, I was elected in this system and no, that was exactly the sentiment that I got from some of the electeds. And when I observed the some 50 plus people who were standing um, after this guy says, we know the elections were stolen. I don't think that the Lewis County electeds were among those standing. And I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I didn't see an elected that did stand for this. And it was, yeah, like I say in the story, it's such a like visual representation of the divisiveness of this. I mean, when do you ever see like half the room stand for a standing ovation and the other half sit? Kind of good for the people who sat, but like also... Why are you having this guy at this thing anyways? Also, it's fairly powerful that image of being in a room where half the people are standing and cheering and not getting caught up in that to the point where you sit down and are looking at them like, what are you doing? It's uh, it like it kind of says a lot about the general attitude that a full half the people didn't get swept up in the standing ovation. Like I've stood up and cheered for some horrible things. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah. Well, and I think... I think if you're a young Republican who um, who is sort of surrounded by this rhetoric, this narrative all the time, um, you might kind of forget that the rest of your party maybe doesn't agree with you, which is why I asked the vice chair of the party, like, do you think this is going to alienate some people? Do you think this is going to sow distrust in your party? She said, absolutely not. And I thought that was interesting given that, you know, your party is made up of some electeds. Like that's what the political party is about. I I mean, it's, it's just, I think, I think that they aren't considering the fact that they're not the only people who, or they, not everybody feels the way that they do about the situation. Um, All right. And so in reporting the initial story, you did a lead up story, um, which I mangled the headline on just a few moments ago. You talked to a couple elected officials for this one, Brandon Svensson, Winlock's mayor, who's also the chair of the local Republican Party, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe you asked him about the claims of Dr. Douglas Frank and Sharona Bishop. 
And his quote was, I don't think they wanted to come out of it. What they wanted to come out of it came out of it necessarily. This is a cybersecurity um, summit. That's okay, what he's yeah, talking that's about the there. one he went to. The, was this the Cyber Ninjas This is the, my, the my Pillow guys thing. Okay. Um, yes, he did attend that. He uh, called the my Pillow guy a gracious host. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm sure the seats were soft. And I don't think anybody, what I heard in that quote was we didn't really get what we were told was going to happen, which was disproving. And that was consistent with all the coverage that came out of it was, it was kind of like a look over here. Now look over here and we're done. And we proved it. And you're telling me the guy who sells pillows on television, great pillows, Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> hosted a quality product and did not get to the end of anything i appreciated most uh ron averill former lewis county commissioner who you spoke with 84 year old former county commissioner the colonel as many still call him i know that guy yeah some reporters still call him that way uh or <laughs> refer to him that way when they call eric rosane was i call him that on the on that. phone maybe yeah but. the colonel but not in the story necessarily but uh he said of course that there is fraud that's something that we know because every election we will report on it um people who in many cases accidentally submit a couple ballots but we always look out for it especially in light of 2020 Mm -hmm. um so there is some but he said um not enough or even close to overturn um the vote and he said nevertheless there are people that have been convinced the system is broken that obviously is because president trump and many of the leadership in congress they stoke it they keep on talking about these cases which unfortunately you go to court and the courts rule that there's not substantial evidence that it's indeed true but the group just keeps on getting stirred up about it. And this is coming from a man who dressed up as Donald Trump for a Summerfest parade. And who won the Longevity Award from the Republican Party Mm -hmm. at this event. It's not that he's not a hardcore Republican. Right. No, he might be the most hardcore Republicans of them all, which is why I I, I found his statements powerful, personally. All right. Do we want to move on to the follow-up story? Oh, I thought we were just mixing them together. Oh, I guess we can. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Like, do, you want to, do you want to talk about your experience at the uh, annual event in which awards were given to party members? Um, yeah. So basically, like we talked about earlier, half the room stood up after this guy says, everyone knows the elections are stolen. He basically doesn't really show the point of his speech is not to prove to the room the elections are stolen his the point is to say to everybody we know it and this is what you should do next which i i don't understand but um yeah it was interesting i think there were a lot of folks there who were sort of followers of him, Dr. Douglas Frank, who also spoke at that cyber symposium thing that Mike Lindell hosted. Um, the MyPillow the My guy. The MyPillow guy, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there were some followers of him because there was, for example, there was one person sitting next to me who um, was from Clark County. Her whole job right now is with this group that's trying to prove that there is election fraud in Clark County. And... Um, she was like, she stood up for him and said that she loves this. And she also didn't recognize any of the electeds in the room and was like asking me who people were. Um, this so, is a person who works on election related things. But not around. in Lewis County because uh-huh. this is a Lewis County event. And so I think she just came to hear the speakers. Like, and I don't think she was the only person who did that. So I think there was like this one half of the room that is like, yeah, this is why we're here to hear about the fraud. Elections are stolen for sure. And then there's the other half of the room that's like, this is my annual Lincoln Day dinner. 
Yeah. Also, so, if you're yeah. if you're Dr. Frank and you're going around giving speeches about this and your whole thing is that the election is stolen and you have proof, wouldn't that be your speech? Like your presentation? Like, here's the proof. Well, his proof, I mean, it, he has these long YouTube videos of these like crazy twisted algorithms that are like impossible to explain in layman's terms. So his, the, the main selling point of his proving it was like anecdotal evidence from talking with attorney generals from states that I can't tell you the name of, otherwise I'll get in trouble. Oh, that sounds very real. Very real. And of course, you know, Lewis County is ground zero for this kind of thing. Everyone knows that uh, the, the elections here have always skewed towards the libs. And so it's this, so this is hard where, for this Republicans is, to get elected. This is here. where you need to apply the pressure, the front line. It is right here. So that, that's the part that kind of pisses me off, to be honest, is just what this means for like our local election for workers sure. at the Lewis County Auditor's Office is you're, you're coming into the area where they have to work and they're doing local elections and they're doing a great job at it. And you're basically basically saying the whole system's broke, but maybe not you guys like that in their quotes, they're like, Lewis County might be okay. And it's like, that's the best you can do. And then they're <laughs> like, like, but we don't know. It might not be, it might not be okay. My experience yeah. with election workers is that they have gone about it with a dedication that's similar to what I think a lot of good journalists do, which is they take it very seriously. They don't have enough resources, but they're still busting their asses regardless. And I can't imagine what it's like to then have the Lewis County Republican Party bring in um, who you coined as a grifter to to basically take a bat yeah, yeah, only, to their only, reputation. Only me. Yeah, only you. Worldwide. The only one, I'm the only one that'll come out and say it. Well, I he, think he is a grifter. He said 60% of the country thinks that the elections were, you know, rigged. So that Nothing was his quote. He really did Dr. say Douglas that. Frank. He really said the that. The other 40% were the 80 million Biden voters. 81 million. <laughs> 81, I'm sorry. Um, and it's not even yeah. political for me. You know that, right, Aaron? I, I feel like a lot of Republicans are uncomfortable like entering this space and saying that this is BS because they're going to get you know framed up as, oh, okay, you're like a liberal. You're not a true believer. But I've been fairly conservative my entire life. And in college, I wore a shirt with Reagan's face on it. <laughs> like a handsome fellow. Uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's often run counter to my friends. But to see this, just it angers me more on a personal level. Like I said, election workers and just the establishment that I think is the good part of our the best part of our democracy, the part that elects our leaders. I agree. And like the thing that's most disappointing is that more of our prominent local Republicans didn't come out for their own party and be like, Hey, like what, what are we doing here? This is essentially letting the drunkest guy at the party drive everybody home. Because You're, the drunkest guy at the party is the energetic one who gets everybody is. riled up and he organizes. No, I'm. that's why I'm elaborating on your analogy. It's It fits in this occasion. It's just like, well, these folks are organizing our events and they're excited and they're getting us more publicity. I mean, I can see how it would be easy to sit back and not say anything. I, I can see that. You could also make the argument too, at least I would, if I was an elected official that didn't hold these sentiments that, well, that's great. I can come out with a scorched earth statement about how this is all wrong and then I will be voted out and one of them will be voted in, which is another possible reality. Yeah, so it's, I it's guess. It's a sticky time to be a Republican. It's also so convenient if you lose. It's like, oh, well, I can just blame the election yeah. system. <laughs> 
I always just go back and I know there was different things about this election and how ballots were cast because of the pandemic. But I mean, as a kid, I remember watching the Al Gore, George W. Bush race get called three different ways in the course of like three hours. Um, and I saw a president who didn't win the popular vote end up as president. And I saw his opponent come out and concede on behalf of the country. And likewise, in 2016, we saw Donald Trump not win the popular vote. Uh, Hillary Clinton concede that night like there was no protracted battle or anything like that no Mm -hmm. accusations of fraud and it's almost like adults were running of course in 2016 to 2020 you're dealing with probably 90 percent of the same election officials so you're saying this one was legit Mm -hmm. um the establishment let it happen and then decided four years later that they're just going to cheat based on this math that this teacher from texas came up with not to mention Ohio, but yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Not to mention like the disparity between the votes is way bigger than it was between Clinton and Trump. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like not only are you saying that like now all of a sudden this stuff has started, it's also a claim that just doesn't even make more sense now than it ever has because it's like so many more votes, like 7 million vote difference. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What a um, time to be alive. I, uh, I assume my invitation to this party was lost in the mail. Um, Isabel did try to get me to go and I said, I told you I'd pay your way. We're giving you the VIP experience. Um, I, I, I'm sure. Even I I didn't take that. I'm sure I would have been quite the VIP at this. Um, do I stand? Do I sit? Do I stand? I do want to uh, praise Isabel, not just because she's here, but this is an extremely difficult story and it would have been really easy to go one way or the other. And I thought you presented the facts straight up and let people decide for themselves. And there wasn't a whole lot of determinative verbiage in there that would tell me what you thought about it, unless I'm already carrying my own bias to the story. And then I could probably find some, some things, but you had people, you gave everybody an opportunity. There was people you called that didn't, uh, didn't respond either, which we don't have to name anyone, but yeah, that says a lot as well. Yeah. I, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, I don't think it's my job to say what I feel about it, but I like it. Like you said, I think hopefully you could read it from one side or the other and be able to see that somebody was represented who said that. I don't know. No, that was fair. All right. Shall we move on to lighter topics? (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Next news item. Four Centralia officers fired for allegedly ignoring 911 calls whilst (laughs) having lunch. Hey. This is fake news. They weren't just having lunch. They also had milkshakes, Aaron, according uh, well, to the reporting. They, 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 that was later on in the <laughs> ignoring period. Um, so Sergeant John Dorf and officers Michael Smear, Jocelyn Giamalva, and Phil Reynolds. Um, you may be familiar with the last name if you've been following this podcast for any time or reading the paper. Any time. Are accused of ignoring a call for aid even after learning that the case involved a domestic violence protection order violation. Instead of responding, they were having a discussion on, quote, police reform. Um, seems necessary. Probably in favor. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and they, they were discussing it, and then they became part of it, and also drinking milkshakes. When they responded an hour and 46 minutes after the call came in, they arrested the victim. Um, yeah, and Stacy Denham, after a seven-month investigation, fired him. 
Yeah, that's long and short of it. And, and I believe that it was seven months because reporter Emily Fitzgerald's working on a follow-up and got the documents and it was like, we thought it was a thousand pages, but once you pull out the duplicates and extra pages and things, about 500 pages worth of documentation there. Um, which flies in the face of all the Facebook commenters who are claiming you need to wait until you hear both sides. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, uh, first of all, Good on Stacey Denham mm-hmm. for actually pulling the trigger and firing, uh, probably a bad metaphor there, uh, firing four police officers. What sucks is that at least three of them will almost certainly get their jobs back because firing a cop is damn near impossible. And that should be a massive insult to all the cops out there who are doing their job and responding to calls. The majority of them, yeah. The I've never seen a story them, yes. like this locally of someone not responding. This is beyond the pale and um i agree with you i think stacy denham came out strong i have to pause and just like acknowledge this was a kela story um the local radio station one of some of the best work i've seen out of the radio station a long time and that's not an insult this is just like really good work so i even Mm -hmm. messaged lindy over there is is their station manager now just to say that's tip of the cap i wish that we were ahead of you on that one so they did all the heavy lifting um but no i probably this might be a police story where you and i don't disagree on anything aaron Uh, finally (laughs) common ground i I think most people had the similar reaction like it's a domestic oh you should have read the comments i don't do that i don't do that it's not representative of the population. Ah, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so yeah, what do you guys want to place any futures bets on when they're back on the job? Who knows? We went through what you're referencing is the the uh, PJ Reynolds, Phil Reynolds situation. One of the officers fired, and we had a whole investigative series by former reporter Stephanie Schindel, who is also now a police officer herself up north, um, on his many, I can say many, um, missteps, um, overuse of a taser, uh, excessive use of force. And he was fired and promptly rehired after union arbitration, which is where they're at right now. So you're thinking that's probably going to happen for the other three, maybe not for Reynolds based on his record. Yeah. Um, if they don't get the job back at Centralia, they will, I mean, they'll have jobs at a different department, which sucks. I can't. I mean, it's total guesswork by me, but it would seem very hard for Officer Reynolds at this point um, when you search his name and the first things that come up are our three-part investigation by Stephanie and also a cross-cut story that used him as their lead in a story about how it's hard to fire cops. that story is also cross-cut's Twitter account's pinned tweet. Yeah. It is out there. Yeah. Yeah, it was good work. I mean, we ran that as well, but... Um, I don't know. Who knows? That would be a real shame, I feel like. I don't feel like that's taking too much of a personal stance considering the, the history there. No, I mean, how do you feel as a, as a Centralia man? Um, you get pulled over and, you know, Officer Reynolds rolls up to the car. Well, I'd be... Uh, <laughs> Probably not feeling like you're in the best of hands. <laughs> I would be on my best behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Isabel, do you have thoughts? Um, I mean, no, I, I agree with most of what you're saying, I think like, this is crazy. And the story just gets crazier and crazier as you read it. Like the fact that they arrested the victim doesn't even come up until like one of the last few graphs. You're just like, Oh, and then there is that. I mean, I, I'm excited to read Emily's update on it, which will probably shed light on even more of that crazy stuff. But yeah, I don't know if there's anything for me to say that you guys didn't it should generate the same response everywhere, but I do understand that the comments are not the place to look for that kind of... Well, I, to be fair, <laughs> most of the comments are. were just asking where they got the milkshakes from. If you want sanity, don't go to Facebook comments. Which was Burgerville. They have good shakes. 
Everybody said it was Harold's. Mm, oh, that makes sense too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the that. important stuff. I hope that's in the 500 pages. You're right, though. There was like two or three items in the story that if we were like you know CNN or something, like the 24 hour news cycle, we could have busted out like eight different headlines. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. The slow bleed of the story. It's just a, like a 3 a.m. milkshakes over domestic violence headline. Anyway, you guys ready to to move on? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk Next. about flooding. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Uh, heavy rain prompts flood watch in Lewis, Thurston, Grays Harbor counties on Sunday. This was later followed by headlines, quote, rescue teams on standby as Randall braces for potential major flood, which is up on the front page Tuesday. And then today, flood warning update, rain lets up, river forecast adjusted down. And Isabel, you were doing the work on most of this. Do you want to drive? Yeah. Um, once again... The National Weather Service's worst predictions did not come true, which is good. So last night I contacted, we we ran these stories and um, interviewed the Lewis County Department of Emergency Management Deputy Deputy Director, Ross McDowell. Um, and so you can read about that in Tuesday's paper. And then last night I contacted Sheriff Snaza and Chief Breen, um, who said they would loop me in if the Swiftwater rescue team did have to take any action out in East County. They were, as the second headline said, on standby bracing for potential major flood. So um, at like 6.20 this morning, Jared and I made the trek out to Randall We also stopped in Morton on the way to check out a closure on State Route 7, which I believe like just recently reopened. Yeah, just this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, WASDOT didn't let us pass though. It was like the closure was, I think, 10 miles out toward Mineral. And we were like, please, can we please go? And he was like, no, only local traffic. And then Jared was like, well, could we walk? And he was like, if you want to walk 10 miles, be my guest. (laughs) Did you walk 10 miles? No, Uh, sorry. This isn't the best reporting I could have done to be perfectly frank. I'm I'm really happy you guys didn't blow past the barricade because that would have been rough. Well, I don't know what he would have done, but I didn't want to find out. And also I was driving, I'd like to say, not Jared, so... You make the, the smart decisions. Yeah. No, I. He, he's a good driver. I don't know. No, he's not. <laughs> he's don't bring that BS in here. We all know about Crawler's driving. <laughs> I didn't want to be mean. Okay. Yeah, he's been our designated driver before, and we won't even let him do that anymore, even if he's no, the only sober amazing. one. All right, I tried. <laughs> He'll know I tried. Okay, so um, once we got out to Randall, we saw sort of the usual suspects of Cowlitz flooding, mostly just like the water over State Route 131. Um, Then we checked out the River Run Ranch area and the Cascade Peaks RV Park, where, um, if you remember, there was flooding in November, but there was nothing there. And we went to Skate Creek Park in Packwood, no flooding there. And... Basically, like, there wasn't really a lot of flooding. And so then we um, went back and saw some moderate category flooding on the Newacom. Locals there said, like, well, this is really more like minor. Um, But it was over Hamilton Road. And then we saw some cows who were taking up residence on a critter pad to stay out of the river, which was kind of cool. 
But basically, like, the summary of the whole thing is we thought it was going to be worse than it was. We didn't get called on any rescue missions, and things seem like they're not that bad. So my question to you guys is, is this going to become a boy who cried wolf situation? (laughs) Or do you think that Lewis County residents are used to the National Weather Service's exaggerated forecast by now? I would be both. Yeah, probably both, but I I wouldn't call it exaggerated. I think it's like safe maybe. Yeah. But um, I would say more often than not since 2007, the predictions have never really come in higher than what they've said. I've seen them come in like almost right at what they were predicting, but most of the time it seems to come quite a bit lower. And we were looking at potential major flooding at the Cowles River at Randall. looks like it's cresting right now, if not like an hour or two ago, and it's not going to make it out of minor flooding. Um, by good. National Weather Service standards. Um, I think it crested right at 3 p.m. Yeah, it's still kind of right up on the top of its curve, though. Um, and then Skookumchuck River looks like it's in moderate at Bucota. Still going up, though, which is curious. And But nothing major, bottom line. Um, so that's a good thing, right? Yeah, a very good thing, especially that news thing. about the Skookumchuck. Oh, so, especially that. I mean, not. I mean, all rivers are the same, but especially the Skook. Um I was telling her, though, there's been floods since 2007 where I would call the weather service in the middle of the night and, like, they just drastically reduced the forecast. And they, the one I, I remember specifically, um, the meteorologist felt rather insulted when I kind of insinuated that you guys are overstating the risk. He was just like, you don't understand, like, the system moves north five miles different for, for everybody. So it's a tough job. Yeah, I mean, uh, nobody's perfect at predicting the weather. Not even dear sweet Cliff Mass. <laughs> Let me also bring in <laughs> the quote from Ross McDowell from yesterday. He was like, you know, I'd way rather they be high than low. So at least yeah. there's that. I mean, it is better to be safe than sorry, but it's it's not fun when you're a reporter who went out there at six in the morning and there was nothing to report on. But Obviously, I would rather there not be flooding. Uh, you guys just out on your sightseeing tour in East Lewis County. It was You're honestly, I felt very Airbnb useless. <laughs> I, I just felt like I didn't do any work. I'd much rather they be high, by the way, is a quote you're not going to get in your next story. <laughs> um, do you want to get to our next story? Uh, Sheriff's Office busts sophisticated, substantial marijuana grow in Lewis County. Papa, <laughs> Jeez. I was going to read the headline yeah, after that yeah, siren. Bad boys but, uh, queued up. They arrested three people. Three. Mm-hmm. Found $7,500 in cash. <laughs> More than Are you 2,900 pot plants. How do you feel about that? Uh, How do you feel? I don't know. It. it why are you uh, all looking at me? Like, <laughs> like, like I have specific uh, buy-in with this Panama story. Red. Uh, this is out on Highway Six west of Adna, and you know, with this kind of action, Snaza surely will cruise to re-election in 1996. Man, <laughs> it must have been pretty interesting because Snaza is obviously a career lawman, and he said that uh, this was a sophisticated, substantial grow operation, the likes of which I haven't encountered before. And I specifically remember some sheriff's office busts from my time as a crime reporter and i remember some pretty elaborate like setups so it must have been it must have been quite the thing emily was interviewing him in her office which is it shares a wall with mine and so i heard no secrecy in the newsroom oh not at all (laughs) 
Yeah, I heard him talking about this and he was like really amped. Like, Were you like banging on the wall being like, what'd you do with the pot? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is the most sophisticated I'd ever seen. I mean, he was like being real serious about it. That's what makes me it, think so. it must have been quite a, you know, yeah. Pineapple Express setup in there. I don't know. They only had 7,000 bucks on them. Like, I did think that was a bit low for... It's not a lot. I don't know. They probably had a lot of crypto, I man. mean, it's a nice chunk of change. Like, <laughs> just buy pot and crypto. Well, you can. I'm, you the you Wild probably West. can, but like, why? You why buy money, pot at all from on drugs. the black market? How much are you really saving? This How is, much pot are you buying? This is part of a broader story that has not really been told. Um, and it's that these busts have been happening for three, four, maybe five years. And it's almost always the same story of uh, Chinese citizens or uh, Asian citizens of some sort. And they're not from the area, but they're here and they're set up. And the person who's running it never gets caught. Let oh. me say also that itself is part of another bigger story that has not yet been told, oh, which boy. is Washington weed industry is the wild west. Like, oh, yeah. like somebody could write an entire book on how insane things have been since the legalization of weed in Washington. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazier before though. I mean, I, I have heard from my many friends, some who are active in the economy of marijuana, <laughs> that it was a lot more dangerous before for the average I'm Joe. sure that's true. But as far so. as like industry goes, I mean, there's just like so little regulation and so many things are still happening that are like totally totally below board. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, I agree with you. And with with these types of busts, I think the theory that I have been told before is that it's it's pot that's getting grown and then maybe moved to other parts of the country that don't have a legal market. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of exist here a little more easily. Like people might assume you're legit. Like pot doesn't raise any eyebrows really anymore because you can drive down to the store and buy it. So that, yeah. that could be it. But yeah, these three had, um, cause we had another story than the one you linked here, an update from their, them in court. And they basically said they met a man over a meal who offered to let them stay in the home in exchange for watering the plants. Was was their take on it? I mean, that's kind of a sweet deal. Mm-hmm. And I I think the the suspects in these things have shown up for their court appearances, and they've gone through and 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 been punished and everything like that. But it'd be interesting to know definitively what the overarching organization is here. Yeah, who's the mastermind behind all this? Russia, <laughs> perhaps could be. Could be. Uh, let's see. Next news item proposal to rezone YMCA property north of Mineral Lake continues to inch ahead amid local opposition. Is this one of yours, Isabel? Did you throw this on here? I did throw this on here mostly just because I wanted to share this lead. Are you guys ready? It was a great lead. It may be fun to stay at the YMCA, but does it have a significant impact on the environment? Not with mitigation, according to a review by Lewis County. It's very it's just shades of Eric Rosane. So <laughs> Rosane, right? It was perfect. <laughs> uh, Eric Rosane. Uh, this so, crack will break your mother's back about <laughs> road repairs. I wish you'd kept that, honestly. No, no I refuse. <laughs> well, yeah. So um, basically, there's the rezone that the county is considering for the YMCA camp parcels. Uh, It's inching ahead slowly and will likely go to a public hearing around August or September, despite the fact many locals are opposed to the camp, including one resident who told me it would be catastrophic to Mineral Lake and Mineral in general. Um, Oh, man, that was the wrong sound. (laughs) Oh, wow. I guess I'm boring you. No, I was going to play the the mystery one from like the, the Jason movies. Okay. 
I don't anyway. know why I said one resident because I quote him in the story. Ron Nilsson is the resident and he says it would be catastrophic. Oh, the old basketball coach? Uh-huh. He has many hats. I think he was a basketball coach at Wharton back in the day. Um, also, I have heard rumors that there are no YMCA camp signs. Signs that say no YMCA camp. Mm-hmm. And... um. I asked one resident about those signs and said, do you have any information on those signs? To which the resident said, quote, I did not create those signs. I am not selling those signs. I am not distributing, <laughs> distributing those signs. Who told you I might be responsible? Did and then I ask, didn't say you're responsible. <laughs> Were they then like, would you like a sign? <laughs> Just imagine he was covering his chest as he said it, like trying to hide his I shirt. I said one resident. I didn't say he. Oh. But anyways, yeah. Well, I just assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think women can't make signs? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it was so funny. All right. The drama at the YMCA potential camp at Mineral continues. Yeah, I can't wait to be at those hearings. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Uh, Where's next? the casino, Aaron? <laughs> Any second now, they're bringing it in. That was one of the claims. Yeah. Uh, next news item, Lewis County Animal Shelter Manager Terminated. Jennifer Teitzel's work with the shelter was placed under scrutiny last June after four former employees alleged she was mis- she had misappropriated donations and asked staff to falsify medical records and created a hostile work environment and put animals and the public in danger. She no longer has a job. It's a lot of ands. Yeah, yeah and we're kind of just having to like marry our coverage to that confirmation that she no longer works there without a bridge, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we can't blame those accusations and say that's why she was terminated. Um, what we got from J.P. Anderson over at uh, the county health department, which is uh, overseeing the animal shelters, just we have a different direction, a classic moving in a different direction move. Uh, yeah, classic, uh, just a little shuffle. Mm-hmm. Just, just a uh, shuffle. This is unrelated, but she no longer works here. Why? It's a reset, Aaron. Yeah, just one of those. Uh, any other thoughts? Well, Jennifer, if you want to talk to us about it, give us a call. Okay. And this is not the Jennifer Teitzel of Toledo. There is more than one There's Jennifer, another Jennifer Teitzel, Teitzel in Lewis yeah, County. So just think long and hard before you take anything out on a Jennifer Teitzel for a... You know, <laughs> for anything perceived misstep. Just the, uh, double check the numbers before you send that text. Yes. Uh, next news item: Joe Kent comes out as pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine. <laughs> that's not the headline. But that's the Aaron Van Tyl headline. Uh, his takes on the situation in Ukraine are: we should work with Putin and make things as easy as possible for him to change his mind. Uh, the U.S. is poor and weak. This is all Joe Biden's fault. Ukraine is weak. Joe Kent is. Oh, these this are, is, again, this is my these notes. are all no, your takes. No, yeah. honestly, I would say it, the Ukraine is weak. Joe Kent doesn't really say that. I don't think he even really implies that. But the the earlier stuff, no, he definitely says that okay. stuff. Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he does anyway. say it's Joe Biden's fault and that he, Joe Biden's weak. I don't know that. Yeah, and also he says like the the U.S. is too economically in unstable to have sanctions. I mean, he later like in tweets since has said that he thinks sanctions are maybe the best move we have right now, but oh, the, the party a little late. Are we but Joe? Like, two weeks ago? He said, no, I, I mean, Aaron's not really 
He was, he was at the Lewis County Republicans Lincoln Day dinner, wasn't he? Yes, he was, and I met Did him. Did he have silverware, or was he eating with a hammer and sickle? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, anyway, Joe Kent should maybe just move to Russia. Um, <laughs> well, now who, you're tearing apart me trying to remain unbiased in my, my burning hatred for the Russian. Well, if it makes you feel better, <laughs> I don't really John hate John weighed in and said, maybe the Bible can help. See, I, I can't bite on that one. I think a lot of people genuinely it believe could, that it Who's to say it, it couldn't? I would say probably the majority of residents of Lewis County probably think that it could help to pray. Uh, that's Jamie not, that's not an extreme position, Aaron. I realize you have you and the big guy are having problems. But Do you think it's not? <laughs> you blame him for a lot of stuff. <laughs> Do you think it's not going to help? Uh, the Bible? Well, Do you think it specifically is harmful to pray? I don't think it is harmful to pray. I think it is harmful to rely on that prayer to produce an outcome. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, I weep for you. I, <laughs> do you pray Ye for me? Ye of though? little faith. I do want to say I, I have to, and I've shared this, I think with both of you, but I can't be critical of Joe Kent on foreign policy. I just, I can't, he fought in, he lost his wife in Syria and mm-hmm. he fought and he's a special forces guy. And so um, personally, and I, that doesn't take anyone else's criticism off the table. I think our views had a, um, an editorial from the Chronicle editorial board that kind of hit him on this topic, but it's hard for me. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. I, Aaron, you're a veteran? I, I, I'm, no, I'm oh, not a veteran. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but we also work in an industry where daily people, well, you work in an industry, I don't really work in that industry anymore, <laughs> where daily people who have never been a journalist are weighing in to tell you stories suck and you are crooked. So <laughs> it's true. Know, take some solace in that. It's true. Yeah, having said that, it, it is hard to take this position um, not adapted I haven't read his recent tweets and how he's how he's moved since sure then they're level-headed and pair it with news coverage and make it make sense I do have problems with that but anyway yes I just saw Joe Kent coming out and saying maybe we should just try to talk to Putin about why he's so upset and uh, I'm officially out on Joe Kent on Portland Joe <laughs> and by the way that statement was made the day after Russia invaded Ukraine. That wasn't even like in a former tweet. This is not like this. Was, about, yeah, this wasn't dug up yeah, in 2019 or right. something. And whereas the the part where he says sanctions are the part where he says Ukraine is a DC scam, which is quoted in the article, that was from a little a little while ago, and I don't think that's his take anymore. But he did say that, and. I think it's important to hold him accountable for that. Does it seem like his foreign policy from your reading, which I know you didn't focus for days on this or anything, he he's kind of anti-war, He's right? anti-war, yeah. yeah. And so. I, I mean, yeah, you can't blame him, mm-hmm. especially considering what he's but been through. But what if I, the I'm opposition not, is protesting in our streets here in America? Yeah, we, it's can, not, we can go to war with them, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> only figuratively. Swiftly... Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you Anyways, said it. Not, yeah. You're talking about decapitating the yeah. Black Lives Matter movement. That is what he said. That sounds like an act of war. I know. But I, again, yeah. I haven't I don't, I'm, I'm not like the resident Joe Kent apologist, so I, I don't have to make excuses for him. I, I think he was speaking figuratively, and that's the, the language he uses, and the, the, the thesaurus, I can't say it, the thesaurus he uses is to... War honestly, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Honestly, like, I don't think that in any of the stuff that I just said, I was having a take. I think oh, no. I, no. I think I was just saying, like, these literally were his statements. But, but yeah, no, it it does make sense why he would be anti-war considering his history. But I I don't know. I mean, what he says coming up, I'm sure we'll report on that. As it well. was interesting to see what all three of them were saying about the situation though, or four, four of, of them. them. Yes. Four of them, the Democrat as well. 
Mm-hmm. Almost unity, but not Almost. quite. I really wanted to write congressional candidates align on this take, but I didn't get to write that story. They didn't align. All right, and our last news item before we take a quick break. Um, Rob Snaza, officially back on the ballot. <laughs> well, not officially. He hasn't filed. Wow, what? But, but he's, he's going to run again. Term. He's, he's, got got an active, he's got an active reelect Rob Snaza Facebook page. Yeah. It's as good as filing. Uh, a Facebook page that has liked a at least one The Chronicle Sucks posts. That's uh, true. <gasps> really? Yep. Yeah. Kind of rude. It was because I posted a picture of the PL kids next to a picture of Jay Inslee after we got the governor's office to give us a statement on their protest. And there, there was a person that was like, how dare you put our PL kids next to a photo of Jay Inslee? And they were very mad about it. And the re-elect Snaza campaign liked it. Yeah. Oh. Weird take. It was very bizarre. That is really specific. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the headline is a quote, now is not the time to quit. Sheriff Snaza sneaks a third term. There's a nice photo of Snaza standing outside this very office. A photo that I think he finally liked, by the way. Yeah, he was very picture. he he was very particular about that. He's got a he's got a sharp And I would sharp, say that uh, to his face. Nike, <laughs> he's got a sharp Nike dry fit quarter zip. He's got a goatee now. You know? Yeah. No, I like um, the goatee. Yeah, it looks, Did looks, you note the I said that to his face too. mustache. <laughs> the pains to which I have gone to keep the coverage equal, Emily as well, to Tracy Murphy, who we had a profile on last week. We ran the photo of him outside the Chronicle as well, Tracy. Mm-hmm. We ran him on page four. We ran a double deck headline for each of them within the range of two or three points on font. And the word count was off by nine. Well, that's very fair of you. Yeah. So fair. Um, that's what they call me. Yeah, Mr. Fair. Snaza, quote in this story says, I still love this career. I love the community we serve. We're all in many challenges right now with new legislation and with COVID and all these challenges that are coming up. Now is not the time to quit. Um, And it goes into his history in law enforcement, which he's been in since 1990, working for the city of Napavine. He was a dare officer, which prompted me to call him a narc before the podcast started. And you quickly <laughs> corrected me and reminded me that all police officers are, uh, you know, doing work like that. I don't actually think he's a narc. He's just a sheriff. You're saying all cops are narcs? I mean, kind of by definition, right? Akan? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I need to stop calling people. I called Pete a narc the other day, too. I just need to quit. Yeah, you do. He's got a blue check mark, though. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Very offended. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> yes, <Wait>. you are. <laughs> Snaz is running for re-election. He was elected sheriff in 2015. Um, any other thoughts before we take a quick break? I got nothing. Not a whole lot. It was and a 2019. good interview. And 2019. And 2019. He has been elected twice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think as a sheriff, he's done a fine job. I have no major complaints. Wow. I, I am just, wow. I'm going to fall over in my as chair. as a sheriff. <laughs> Jeez, no, I, I agree with you. I, so are you attacking his character as a man? No, not at all. I, <laughs> I've said before on this, I wish you'd do less uh, politicking and more sheriffing. Well, that's what he talks about in his story. I mean, if if you read, he talks read about, well, maybe you should do that, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, like you're going back to read it. <laughs> nah, I mean, really, he, he talks a lot about that in the story, just um, about how he's an elected and that means you're the representative of everyone in your county, not just your party. So I think that's good. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. Now we're back. Um, you guys want to get into Tales from the Takes page? We have some interesting... Why do you always Why ask you us? Why say it like that? Yeah, like we have a choice. I thought maybe you guys would have an opinion, <laughs> but geez, I guess not. Uh, Go on. Our first one is a letter to the <laughs> editor titled, so Teachers of Faith Should Leave the Public School System. And I think this letter writer is correct, but maybe not for the reason she thinks. Uh, oh God! So you People don't pray, pray, and you don't think there should be anyone with uh, religious beliefs in school. I—that's what this letter is. Sounds a lot like Putin over there. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Who makes I'm a lot of statements? Sorry, I'm about amped up. <laughs> I was born during the Cold War, and that's that's really bringing the bad side out of me. Truly, one of the Cold War kids. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, eighty-five. It hadn't come down yet. I'm still going. I'm still going. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't like a big you thing guys in school. You are so but... old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully aware. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, this By letter... kindergarten, we were already invading Iraq. So. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of wars to get to. <laughs> the first wow. time, Isabel. Wow. <laughs> uh, this is an appeal to public school teachers who know Christ and respect the authority of the Bible in faith and practice. And it goes on um, about how if you were really in favor of the Bible and God, you would quit your job as a teacher because it's bad. Yeah, um, it was a fine letter and frustrated with the public school system and some of the policies there. I won't allow you to beat them over the head for expressing an opinion that we asked them for under 500 words without using poetry. They, they followed the in, rules. They did come in under 500 By the way, words. since I was hired at the Chronicle, we have run poetry <laughs> in the letters and I circled it and said, this is against our policy. And Schwartz was like, meh. Our rules are more like, you know, loose guidelines. loose guidelines. But the word count, I do try to enforce because you let one in. But, <laughs> Don't even get me started oh, on the poetry. Katie, bar the door. They're all coming. Um, <laughs> we also had an Our Views editorial. Sorry, Mr. Kent, but the time for dialogue with Putin has passed. Just sternly wagging a finger at the congressional candidate. Bravo. Uh, uh, yeah, I the agree. editorial board also... You know, noted that it's a view similar to a certain socialist northeastern um, senator, mm. Bernie Sanders. Oh, why would those two be loved? Well, Heidi St. John's same, uh, been saying the same thing. Well, that Heidi St. John, you know, with her, what with her ads and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the. I mean, this is our editorial board, but I, I do think it's interesting the comparison to Chamberlain. I think bringing in the historical stuff there and just like the the dialogue thing is is very interesting i think i think it was well written i think i can say that no yeah i i agree too i think like the nazi comparison is always difficult to make as we've mentioned many many times but at this juncture when you don't know how far putin's going to go like there's such a vast number of possibilities of how the situation in ukraine can unfold like right. beyond ukraine and it's, I don't even it's think, a fair thing to say yeah and i don't even think the the um letter views whatever even is trying to make the comparison between putin and hitler as much as chamberlain and kent yeah and just saying yeah. like this is what he's talking about with the dialogue thing. it's interesting yeah yeah closer we get to the election the opinions of everyone running in not just that congressional race but all races obviously will become 
more under scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we have a column from your boy, Bill Moeller. <laughs> guess what he did? You guys want to guess? I'll yeah. tell you. I'm going to tell you what he did, just like he told you. He did had he write about... No, wait. He had dinner for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yeah. I dare you, you to try to stop that? him. I dare yeah. it. You know what else Bill Moeller has done? Had Lived. a lot of cars <laughs> and gone to Tono. I really appreciate it. He had Campbell's chunky old-fashioned potato ham chowder, if you were wondering. Oh, ham? Gross. He just said it freed him up, and then I liked his walk-off line. Flexibility seems to be important in today's crazy world. Yeah, he's not wrong. It's an analogy, Aaron. And honestly, for his age, he's pretty flexible. Yeah. Hey, you can open that can of soup. You got to be. Uh, People's Champion of the Week. You guys nominated the Lewis County Auditor's Office and Auditor Larry Grove for putting up with this shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. You bet. I think it's a, a great shop over there, and uh, we work with them every election night. Never had any problems, and I think uh, they, they run a clean election. Great election, even. Perfect right. election. Also, Larry Grove is a Republican. Mm-hmm. Curious. Oh, wait, wait, was there another Republican auditor, Secretary of State, maybe, in Washington that <laughs> Kim could have uh, <laughs> corrupted all these elections? Curious. Uh, Sirens Banger of the Week. Uh, we had a few, and i got to be honest, I wrote these thinking Franklin was going to be here. No offense, Isabel. Um, and so they were okay. kind of more uh, tailored to him. but Tailored. Yeah, yeah tailored, <laughs> see. Uh, let's see. A caller reported someone approached him in the 1700 block up of Louisiana Avenue, took his Rolex watch from his arm and fled. No arrests were made, uh, which is like they, you call the cops and, oh, they stole my watch. What kind of watch was it? Uh, it was a, uh, a Rolex, obviously. It was a weird crime, though. I mean, nobody's walking along next to Walmart with a Rolex on. You can't say that. I, mean, I can, and I have. It doesn't. When fine. you got to stop at a store somewhere. Oh, I have a Rolex. You're, I would never go to a Walmart. You're what, like, what kind exactly. of t- No, that's ridiculous. You're, name one person who would wear a oh, Rolex the, and go to Walmart. You're going to put the onus on us. Name one yes, specific name one. Lewis County resident who would go to Walmart <laughs> with a Rolex. From Franklin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Your worldview is perplexing. So we need to get out of this pandemic so you can go back to the real world. <laughs> Do you think anybody wearing a Rolex is going to get off at exit 78? Come on. Why not? It's not, you act like getting I'm a sure Rolex. I'm sure there are plenty just, of people in Lewis County. They would like, take exit you know, 81 probably like and double 20, back. 10, 10 people. Um, when you get a Rolex, it's on the instructions. You can no longer walk publicly anymore. Don't go to Walmart. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, next item was a caller reported a group of kids were playing with a toy sniper rifle at Chehalis and pointing the toy weapon at a Adults and other children, when told to put it away, the kids reportedly said, no, bitch. Jeez. <laughs> now you can see the, why oh. these were all tailored towards Franklin, because before, I was going to be like, Franklin, why would you do that? Before the expletive, I yeah, I, kids are playing with guns in my neighborhood all the time. If they had a real one, it'd be a real problem. Well, <laughs> I learned as a kid, you don't, point, you don't point any guns at any people, even toy ones. True. See, I learned the same thing, except for just don't point it at their face. Body wounds are fine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what gun. I've been trying to teach my kid. He keeps shooting me in the face with Nerf guns. Well, I'm learning. Wow. He's taking it as a sign of a weakness. Uh, the next item was a caller reported she thought someone driving a, quote, nice white truck was poisoning feral cats in the area. Who do we know that drives a nice white truck? Uh, mm, that is true. Uh, and then the last one is another indecent exposure. So obviously uh, <laughs> these were all Franklin. In there. That's great. Uh, Facebook comments of the week. Um, I've only got a, I guess I got several on here. I'm probably going to skip some of them. 
But on the Sheriff's Big Pot Bust, the comment was, who cares? You think the Sheriff's Office have bigger concerns than people growing marijuana? How about targeting some of the meth dealers around? I think they do that as well. And they haven't found 2,900 meth plants, have they? <laughs> they have not. I last checked, not a single meth plant has been found. <laughs> Where is all the meth plants, Nasa? <laughs> uh, on the suspected child molester that stabbed a cop and was being, and was shot, that person was identified. Uh, the comment came from Warren McLeod. Someone asked why it was listed as a homicide. This is the coroner, Warren McLeod. This is Lewis County Coroner Warren McLeod, who jumped in the comments, as he is wont to do, and said, The term homicide is a manner of death, and as a coroner, I have five manners, categories of death to list. Natural, suicide, accidental, homicide, and undetermined. He goes on to explain the manner of homicide and why it was used, and then wraps it up with, If you have any other questions about this topic, you can call our office at 740-1376. I cannot discuss the specifics of individual cases, but I am certainly willing to talk to anyone who has questions in general. And he is. Let me tell you what. He is. Great work by Warren McLeod. He's always in the comments. He always is, but this one I got a kick out of. He just He's no coward. In and... He is definitely not a coward. I'm surprised no. he didn't ask for like a pay cut or something. <laughs> when some. I call Warren McLeod, he says, hello, this is Isabel. Like, <laughs> as if good. he's Isabel. I love that. It's pretty funny. Probably every threw time. you off the first time. Yes, it did. Wait, this is Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, comment on... Budget proposals, including funding for Lewis County projects like a tennis complex. Comment is, now there's some Lewis County pork. <laughs> was um, it like a positive one? Or? I don't get it. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't ever get the, oh, comment, you? the commenters on those stories that are mad that they're getting some of the pork. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is outrageous. This pork, this, is, this should be in Thurston County. Why don't you just open the bowling alley? Do you think that was like a, we don't want that much money there? Like, I don't I, get I, it. I'd I need know. more information. <laughs> I can't make a call. Uh, this next one was a story on airline mask mandates likely being extended. And somebody commented, sounds like airlines want to go broke. And somebody replied, Tracy, you clearly haven't flown in a while. And Tracy responded, no, I have not. <laughs> Good exchange. <laughs> At least Tracy is honest. Yeah. And on these Centralia cops being fired, as I mentioned, a lot of people just wanted to know where they got the milkshakes. One of the comments, guess they decided to defund themselves. Nice. Um, and then somebody else chimes in with, officers today have a way harder job than most people can understand. I support them trying to protect and service the best way they can. It, they weren't, though. That was the yeah, problem. That, that, I don't think they read the story. Yeah, I mean, they did not. The police office does not think they did a good job. They were yeah, fired. That's why they were fired. By, yeah, whatever. Uh, let's see. And then one last one I'll mention is on the animal shelter manager being fired. The comment was she should be put in a kennel. That's a little excessive, Yikes. don't you think? I don't like that. I don't know. Kennels aren't that bad. Put dogs there. I'm just going to let you own that one. Kinda, <laughs> I don't like that. No, not a, not a fan. I don't think she should really be put in a kennel. Jennifer Teitzel. You might get canceled number, after this one. Number, number one. One or two. I don't know which one, but if you're listening, I'm sorry Aaron said that to I you. don't think she should be put in a kennel. I just thought the comment was funny. I, mm -hmm. just, I just wanted to call back to speaking directly to her. I, I, I'll pray for you, Aaron. Right. <laughs> well, I should be safe then. <laughs> Uh, what's coming up in the Thursday edition? We're going to have a little bit of state basketball. 
Yeah, there'll be a little bit of state basketball. We got the crews in Spokane and Yakima. Is that right? Yeah, Alex in Yakima. Eric Trent is in Spokane. Trent's got six teams over there. Mm -hmm. So he's truly just doing, as you would say, the Lord's work Mm -hmm. and covering all those games for one day. There's a good chance that a lot of those teams could lose the first day. They're all in loser-out games. And so he could wind up in the ideal situation of... Most of your teams losing day one, and then you just got one team. To so the you rest want of the way. all the local teams to lose? Oh, I've been saying that for years. That's the ideal situation. That was always my like go-to line as sports. Lazy, writer, shiftless sports writers. It's true. They're the, they're the problem with this industry. The only problem. We don't the have any other problems. Problem is the sports reporting. <laughs> not, a, not a lack of trust. Uh, we're, else. we're going to have a tragic story. If you're um, if you're weak of heart, I don't I don't think you should pick up the Thursday edition. But the hub in downtown Centralia is going to be closed for a while uh, amid a change in ownership. So thoughts and prayers. We will also have a story on the future chefs competition oh, at yeah, Olympic or one. at not Olympic or in Smith Elementary. Olympic doesn't exist anymore. That's just where I went to elementary school. Sounds cool. Um, very cool. It was fun. We'll also probably have like a wrap up on the flood stuff. Yep, wrap on the flood stuff. Yeah. It'll be a great paper. We'll also have a story on uh, Dave Campbell, uh, former city manager of Chehalis. Oh, yeah, he passed away. That yeah, was he passed away. Um, so Emily's been working on contacting his friends and associates, and we'll have a, we'll have a story on him as well. Okay. All right. And with that, we've officially hit the one-hour mark. We're going to wrap it up. Wow. Talk to you next week Sorry. on... Sorry.